If you're in the market for a new CRM or even an upgrade, I'd recommend not settling for a disconnected, complicated platform. That's because HubSpot's easy and powerful CRM platform seamlessly connects your teams and your customers so that growing your business is a joy for everyone. Grow better at HubSpot.com. Hello, I'm Arvin Hickman and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. It is now December and pretty much all of the Christmas ads have launched. In our second Christmas special, we will run the rule over Christmas ads from some of the biggest brands, including McDonald's, Coca-Cola and Tesco. I'm joined by campaign senior reporter Fayola Douglas, who has written about several of these ads in recent weeks. Also joining us are two of the leading creatives in the UK, MRM Europe and Chief Creative Officer Nikki Bullard and Wonderhood Studios Chief Creative Officer Aidan McClaw. Welcome to you all. Hi, thank you very much. Hi. Hello, thanks for having me. Faye, now you've been covering quite a few of these in recent weeks. What has been your overall impression of this year's lot of Christmas ads compared to recent years? Well, with Christmas ads, they're always tied together by quite similar things. So we always have a Father Christmas. Often we're looking out for snow. But this year, I guess we're also looking out for anything to do with the pandemic. If people are wearing masks, is there a COVID passport involved? And then also the the fact that Lots of people are looking forward to trying to have a big Christmas, seeing as for a lot of us, last Christmas we were in lockdown. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I feel like a lot of the the creative this year, they're sort of trying to move away from the pandemic. They're trying to move beyond that. I mean, there's been a couple like Amazon where they sort of played in that anxiety thing, but it feels very much more like Christmas than in recent years. I imagine, though, given that we're still, you know, we're still sort of coming out of it to a degree, probably hasn't been as easy for some of these um, uh, advertising agencies and and production houses to create the sort of big blockbuster ads that we've had in recent years. We we had um, Alex Green from AMV BBDO um, in our last Christmas special and he was distinctly underwhelmed by the ads that had been released at that stage. Nikki, what has been your impression so far? I'm not underwhelmed. I can't be at Christmas. Who can be underwhelmed at Christmas? I've had an absolute <laughs> joy um, looking and uh, genning up and all the ads this year. So I think, you know, I think as, as the UK creative community done a pretty good job this year, there are a couple of things that stand out to me. Um, and I love the fact that it's still remaining in the populist world and not trying to be too clever or too cool. So I love that. So I'm, I'm, my Christmas tree is going up today. So I'm, I'm in the spirit. Just, just out of interest, did were you sort of did you work on any Christmas ads this year for any of your clients? No, I didn't actually. But part one of the um, ads we may talk about today is part of my group, so I've seen that grow over the last couple of months, which has been wonderful. But I'm sure we'll get to that later. Aidan, did Wonderhood um, work on any Christmas ads this year? And and if if you did, what what sort of challenges do you have in trying to create ads? Yeah, we've worked on a couple of things. So we've worked on a, a more tactical thing for Three Mobile, um, which I guess was a, a Christmas ad. Um, if you're judging by the strict rules, um, there was a Christmas tree in it. There was a dog dressed up as a turkey, um, and Dick Whittington as well. So, yeah, we did we did that sort of quite early on, late August, I think, early September, October. So it was quite. I oh know actually it was October. It's slightly strange shooting it then. Um, but but also at Wonderhood we love um, doing like an agency Christmas card every year as well, which is takes the form of a, a film. And um, we've just finished that and it should be going out, um, I think, at the end of this week, which allows the creatives just basically to do what they definitely couldn't do for a client. So that's been a lot of fun as well. So 
um, yeah, we're, we're firmly in the spirit of Christmas at Wonderhood Studios. Fantastic. Well, we all look forward to receiving that one. Were there any specific challenges in terms of how you produce these ads, in terms of getting talent organised and shooting? Not really. No, I don't think so. Nothing more tricky than usual. Yeah, I think, I think you know, obviously with COVID and stuff, there's all the extra kind of hoops you have to jump through, but that, that's that been the case with everything. So, um no, I think I think it's it's been sort of fairly um, business as usual. And what's been your overall impressions of the Christmas ads that you've you've noticed so far? Um, and we we do give you permission to play Christmas Grinch if that's the role you want to play. <laughs> what's your honest take? My my honest take is I think it falls they fall into two camps now. You've basically got. John Lewisy Christmas ads, and it feels like some of the tropes are starting to feel a little bit regurgitated, um, and it's very, very hard, I think, to do one of those ads without someone like me going, oh, "It's a bit like a John Lewis ad." <laughs> and then I think you've got the other side of it where people have gone full on entertainment, embracing Christmas, loads of gags, funny stuff. And, you know, there's some really joyful, funny, good stuff. And I think naturally I'm sort of drawn towards the joyful, funny stuff. And I worked at Adam and Eve for a long period of time. I've written a John Lewis ad and I just feel like I'm, I, I just, let's just move on. <laughs> like it, we've, we've, we've done it. I feel like every iteration of that's been done. Um, and it's time to sort of embrace the entertainment factor of Christmas, especially when, it's so tough at the moment and you know consumers are sort of staring down the barrel of another bleak christmas let's just let's not do tearjerkers let's do funny stuff that make people laugh 100 <laughs> percent. i can't help but think as well Aiden, your point on the on the john lewis ad and how wonderful there's a whole genre now named after a brand an ad type of ad but um you know you think there i think there are probably a couple of things which i'm not going to say which ones they are they're probably pretty obvious where the client said i want my john lewis ad and it's you know i mean the hearts of the hearts of the people who are just like, oh, God, <laughs> this again well I, I dare say that um at least one of the ads that we're going to be covering today very much has that feel um i will ask you all for your favorite christmas ads a bit later on but let's kick off with our reviews the first one is waitrose and partners which stars the scottish actress ashley jensen who you might recall from extras uh, now we go through some typical christmas scenes that showcase the very best bit of christmas which you know of course is the food this includes you know passing off heston blumenthal's uh, waitrose mince pies as her own uh, you got carol singers who receive food for their song uh, and many other sort of christmasy moments that all point to mouth-watering food candied figs in your christmas pudding sprouts that are mostly pancetta and stuffing yes it was me i ate the stuffing all of it because the best bit of christmas is the food the spot was by Adam and Eve and their creatives Molly Wilkoff, uh, Mark Shanley, Francis Leach and Chris Boucher. It was directed by Jeff Lowe and produced by Kwok Yao through Biscuit Filmworks. Um, now, I thought this is a pretty straightforward ads in terms of the idea. It wasn't sort of trying to reinvent the Christmas wheel as such, but the execution was tidy and smart. Aidan, what was your take on it? I mean, call me old fashioned, but I, I love a good truth and an insight. And I do think... 
there's a rock solid truth to this that Christmas for all the kind of love and goodwill I mean it is all about the food and what you're going to be stuffing your face with on Christmas day and the talk of that tends to happen pretty early it certainly happens in our house and we're non-traditionalists and talking about let's ditch the turkey let, what are we going to do and so I, I, th- I feel like they've got a really good truth there that works brilliantly for the brand um, I think um, the actress is brilliant I've forgotten her name um, Ashley Ashley yeah she, I think she's really good and she delivers it with a, a great sort of knowing performance and yeah I, I think it's a, a really good solid like 7 8 out of 10 for me okay Nikki, what was your take? Yeah, I'm not going to disagree too much. I love Ashley Jensen. I think she's amazing. So she holds the whole thing. So it might not have the biggest idea, has a great insight. I agree with you on the truth. I don't think it's the only truth of Christmas and not everybody thinks it's all about the food. So there's a there's a bit of risk what, in that. What household did you grow up in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girls. We didn't just want food, right? We went to up, basically. Um but um, no, absolutely, it is a truth, but not all the all the truths. I think there was a risk, but I think it's it's you know, it's really tough this time of year. It's all about sales, 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 product, 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 and it's really beautifully handled. As I say, she's such a great actress; she carries the humour just in the right way. I'm also pretty obsessed with her wardrobe. Whoever did the wardrobe was incredible. I hope they sell those things in um, the bigger John Lewis stores because I may be paying that visit. So there might be a nice little bit of cross pollination there. Um, no, I thought it was nicely done. Um, made me smile, some really nice bits and pieces in there. Um, And as I say, Ashley and the food are both the stars, which you can't get better than that, really. What was your um, impressions, Faye, being the fashionista of our our new (laughs) suit? I have to agree that Ashley looked amazing. And I thought for a lot of us, we kind of think of Waitrose and John Lewis as going hand in hand. So it was nice to kind of get a bit of a a break from all the kind of heart-wrenching stories that are in a lot of the Christmas ads and have something that was a bit more sassy, a bit funny. And I really loved the cameo from Heston Blumenthal. It was, it was great to see. And there's a little bit of naughtiness in it, which is what Christmas is all about, right? Being a little bit naughty. She's a bit naughty, which is good. Well, speaking of naughty, the next one definitely um, is controversial, if, if not naughty. Faye, do you want to take us through the, the Christmas spot? Yes, so we have Tesco's festive spot, which follows a scooter-riding granny on her Christmas mission to bring home some cranberry sauce. We see some different a range of Christmas scenes where there's always a bit of trouble that needs to be overcome, but everybody's really willing to jump in and help because it's Christmas. And so this was called Nothing's Stopping Us by BBH and it was set to Queen's Don't Stop Me Now. Breaking news. Santa could be quarantined. Next. Don't stop me, don't stop me. Oi! Get off! Don't stop me, don't stop me. The creatives were Tom Chancellor, Shruti Vera Mashaneni, Kevin Travis and Marion Cohen. It was directed by Cyan Ad through Academy Films. Right. And what was your impression of it? I mean, I guess just to give our listeners a bit of an idea, I mean, this, this one really caused a lot of controversy, didn't it? Yes, definitely because of the, the Santa Claus who was double jabbed. So he was coming through the airport and it's now actually the second most complained about ad. Yeah. Um, purely because of that scene. Where, where he had the sort of COVID passport in his phone. Um, you know, the anti-vaxxers were up in arms about that with their you know virtual pitchforks. Uh, Aidan, what was your take on, on the Tesco ad? Did you like it? 
Yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I actually watched it with my eight-year-old daughter last night as I was doing my homework. Um, and we were both giggling along to it, which I feel is a great, you know, multi-generational ad. You know, there's gags for youngsters as well as, you know, slightly older people. And, and um, yeah, I just thought the, the level of detail and craft in it was great. You know, a lot of love was poured over it. Love the track. They've obviously splashed the cash on that one. Um, but, you know, it works so well um works brilliantly for tesco's i don't know yeah i think i think it's really good i'd probably give it an eight eight nine for me oh wow okay it's going very well what about you nikki i'm absolutely with you on the eight or nine i think this is a brand that absolutely understands their audience the heartland of great britain we've been through hell we're coming out of it hopefully we might be going back into it which again this makes us even more poignant we this is double christmas this year this feels like double Christmas joy. You know, we didn't have it last year. Let's just go over the top. Um, the track, incredible. Who doesn't love that track? Um, my favourite bit, I think, was the plane, the stop-start on the plane. I've watched that and watched that. That is a genius little bit for me. Um, and we're in that moment right now with the new variant. So absolutely in tune with the audience. Nothing's going to stop us having a great time. They managed to weave in all the product and the food and did it really beautifully. And I can't help but smile at that. And there's nothing saccharine about it at all, apart from maybe some of the food that they share. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I have to say, for me, it was definitely a massive hit. I really enjoyed it. I love the humour behind it. Beautifully executed. The craft, as, as you mentioned, Aidan, was, was spot on. Um, you know, another ad that really brought a smile to my face was the McDonald's ad, uh, who introduces us to Imaginary Iggy, a smaller, friendlier version of Sally from Monsters, Inc. Uh, not really, but I'm going to claim that as, as, as a likeness. Iggy befriends a young girl and shares special Christmas moments, such as when you know, she dresses up as a reindeer. Uh, it's sort of a coming of age spot that goes through various stages of the girl's life as she grows up with her trusty companion eating McDonald's carrots, of course. The ad was produced by Leo Burnett Creatives, Christina Rasik Gomez and Amy Bushell. It was directed by Bert and Bertie and produced by Lucy Gossage through Object and Animal. Uh, now, Nikki, this one, I really warmed to this one, but, you know, I, I feel it was very much a John Lewis ad, but more John Lewis than the John Lewis ad this year. What was your impression? So I'm not going to be really, really cynical out loud. What I would say is I think um, it's really beautifully done, right, firstly, really beautifully produced and elegantly done. I think I can imagine what that brief was. And yes, there's, a, there's an insight about imaginary friends. I'm not sure how that's pertinent to Christmas or to the brand. I'm not sure where the brand, I couldn't feel the brand connection as much as maybe I could. It's beautifully done, as I say, warm, glowy, very Chris, well, Christmassy ish. Like I say, I'm not sure about the imaginary friend. Is very Christmassy, but I did like the bit in the end when he came back in the wardrobe, and it did make me go a bit gooey. But um, the bit that was just missing for me is where is the brand there? It needs to be at the heart of what's happening, which I think we saw in the, the previous um, couple of ads. So that's all. It feels a bit familiar, um, um, but again, beautifully, beautifully crafted. Aiden, what, what was your take on it? Yeah, I. I, I totally agree with Nikki. Like I, you know, having made a lot of ads, and you know how much effort's gone into it. The craft is, yeah, really good. You can't fault it. I mean, it, it looks like a movie, and uh, they definitely haven't scrimped on all of that. It, yeah, there's just some fundamentals that aren't quite right for me from the off. And I think, I think a lot of questions would have been asked quite early on 
from myself on the script and stuff, but it's been done beautifully. Um, I just don't think it will land the way they think it will land, if you see what I mean. Um, it's almost like they're, they're wanting something too much and I, I just don't think it's going to deliver. I mean, I, when I think of McDonald's, because McDonald's do some fantastic work, you know, throughout the year. And again, for me, when they know their audience and they do that lovely thing of sort of holding up a mirror to their customers, but just slightly elevate it, I think that's McDonald's at their best, you know, really, in, really insight driven you know, slice of life, but, you know, a, a, a Britain that everyone knows, it feels modern and, you know, diverse and multicultural. And, you know, I, I think that's McDonald's at, at its best. And I just, it, it doesn't feel like a really good, you know, McDonald's ad you'd see during the year. I, I agree. It feels it feels out of the suite of work that they've done so far. And I think there's a, you know, when we go back to the Tesco um, ad and you think about McDonald's, it's probably even closer to most of us. And at Christmas, we all know when we're going into McDonald's, it's where we might have stayed late at work or been to something or haven't had time to cook because we're rushing around shopping. There's so many Christmas insights about, around McDonald's, even down to people who might, you know, I don't even know if they're open on Christmas Day, but they might have their Christmas McDonald's lunch because they're on their own. There's loads of stuff around real life that happens in McDonald's or that that are because of our real lives we go to McDonald's. It feels like it's gone to a fantasy world, which McDonald's isn't. It's it's in our it's so real and in our real lives that it yeah. I'm so Captain Logic about these things as well because I'm I'm like going where where, where, where did they get those bag of carrots from? Did they go to McDonald's <laughs> then bring it home and then is it sort of leftovers from a meal? I don't know. I'm like just trying to piece together the story with these things and yeah i mean i have to be honest with you and i think they did the carrot thing last year didn't they it's been an ongoing part of their christmas brand campaign the um reindeer treats yeah um so it's it's kind of been carried over from i think the past um three years even Mm. um but i i kind of agree what with what nikki said earlier about the fact that it isn't placing mcdonald's at the center of the ad but in a way i feel like that works because mcdonald's isn't the center of my christmas it is more something that you kind of pass by you might pop in it's kind of maybe part of your world rather than the center of your world so i think that worked and it was really i really liked the song there it was uh time after time but it was sung by mabel yeah. i thought that really kind of drew me in and yeah when you watch it and you're really kind of fixated it does kind of draw you in and the, the story does just kind of get to a bit. Yeah, it look, sweet. I, I find it quite heartwarming. I mean, the song as well. I mean, that song was one of my first favourite songs and the first cassette, cassette I ever owned, which was 1984 Classic Hits, by the way, in case you, you were wondering. Um, so I, I really did like it. I thought the execution was brilliant. Um, I did kind of like the little Junior Sally character. Uh, it very felt very samey, though. It didn't feel like there was anything that massively original. And to be honest with you, halfway through the hour, I just wanted to pick up a Big Mac and just smash a Big Mac and just, you know, get a bit of McDonald's in there. <laughs> They do have a festive menu. They have a festive do menu. Oh, it wasn't okay. in the ad, but you can definitely... Well, um, I don't know, have a Christmas version have of it. A Christmas what, whatever it might back. be. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what it feels like to me, that ad? And it feels a little bit like someone has loaded up a computer with uh, sort of some famous Christmas ads from the past, some famous Christmas books and some famous Christmas films, pumped it into a computer and they printed out this ad. It feels like it's kind of like... Um, yeah, it's, it's like a sort of algorithm of 
what a Christmas ad should be. That's really harsh, but it's... we we need to make this AI Christmas ads. Uh, it sounds great. great. Maybe, maybe there's something in that, guys. Maybe that's something in that. Maybe, maybe your jobs are under threat. We'll have more of these in the future. <laughs> you guys will be a bit redundant. Anyway, one Christmas ad that definitely wasn't made with an algorithm, or at least I'm not aware if it was, is the O2 ad. Do you want to take us through that, Faye? Yeah, so we see their character, Bubble. He's kind of running around town, I guess London, because it kind of starts with the O2 Arena, which is, of course, a really iconic real estate that the O2 can call upon. And he's emitting little bubbles to connect people to the internet. So it's called We're Better Connected, and it's by VCCP London. Uh, The creators were Pip Bishop and Chris Hodgkiss. It was directed by Gary Friedman through Independent Films. Friends. Robots. I bring trouble in news. In the UK, around 1.5 million homes have no connection to the internet. Those people can't learn or bank online, can't even video call family at Christmas. Our mission is to connect the disconnected. I thought it was really nice. It was nice to actually see them get the O2 Arena in there. Mm. And I think that they've got a really good message the fact it's focusing on this idea of giving because there's 1.5 million homes that have no connection to the internet and so o2 are going to be kind of delivering mobile data for free to some of these homes well are they firstly we'll talk about the ad in a minute that's the bit which i thought you know they aren't actually unless you sign up to a plan it's a deal it's like you start to plan and we'll donate so i kind of was hoping they'd say for Christmas, we're going to donate loads of free data to people who need it. Not you have to sign up to a plan and then we'll donate. So I'm just going to put that in there. Okay. Yeah, cool. it's like a buy one, get one free style uh, of giving. So we, we basically need to give them money for them to give people connections. <laughs> yeah, why well, that data's there, right? Why can't they just do that for Christmas? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really difficult for a band like O2. What sort of ad do they produce? That, that sort of feels a little bit authentic. What was your, what was your view on this one, Aidan? I don't know. Is the honest answer. I mean, I I admire them trying to do an initiative. I think they've got, you know, a very distinctive character that they're obviously trying to build equity into. Um, it's very nicely shot. Um, it weirdly just, yeah, didn't do much for me. I don't, you know, unlike the other two where there's some great gags in there, there's stuff, shared experiences and, you know, stuff that you really relate to. I think on this one, they was, it was sort of very much brand out rather than customer in. So the brand was telling you, we're doing this and you're sort of going, yeah, great, cool. And then it, it's not, I guess, some of the other ads we've talked about, a customer in where we understand you, let's bring you into um our world and uh you know let's all sort of celebrate a shared experience and I, I don't know and I think for that reason maybe that's why it just left me a bit ambivalent but you know I think again top marks for sort of craft and the way it's done um and you know it's a good initiative if um you're to believe what they they say but it looks like that might be a bit suspect um, I think Nikki's torpedoed that idea yeah, uh, well, what, yeah. What about- I'm so sorry I'm so sorry because I don't want to sound grinchy I mean the ad itself i've worked you know been had had a lot of pleasure actually working on that brand and also alongside the agency that that's done the work vccp i know how much it's a long time ago but i know how much care would have gone into that and attention and they are building this um bubble character and you can see why they've made bubble it felt i'll tell you what it felt to me i 
when you're in character land, I think if you're going to create a character, they have to be really, really distinct. And there were cues in that that made me think of, think of the minions, which took me somewhere else. Which, if you're creating your character and you want it to be truly distinct, you don't want to be thinking of going to to have too much of a reminder of something else because it puts another image in your head. So that that's the only thing I'd say. You know, the music was very Disney Christmas adventure film kind of music, beautifully beautifully created. Um, so I think they've used the opportunity of their their Christmas ad to build on Bubble, as you were saying, Aiden. Um, I think there's been a lot of care and attention in the work um i wish that the um yeah that it wasn't a deal but a massive offer of generosity which i believe could have been done at christmas and that that would have been the thing that would have really pushed through all of these we're giving we're genuinely being generous that's what christmas is all about yeah i mean i I have to agree with you i i I thought they they did kind of come across as a combination of the minions and, and the teletubbies with the little rings on their head didn't they but um, yeah, I mean, I guess it wasn't quite. But there's no Peppa Pig anyway, so we can. Uh, uh, well, there's no Peppa Pig. That's right. It's one of those ones where you know you have to check the T's and C's, which Nikki has done. Thank you, Nikki. Um, and, and it's probably not quite as generous as we initially thought it might be. Anyway, moving right along, Sainsbury's. Faye, give us a rundown on Sainsbury's. Well, Sainsbury's was definitely a lot more fun. No minions here. So it was a kind of fun snapshot of a chaotic Christmas lunch. So we kind of enter the room and going to kind of slow motion and kind of zoom around the room. And there's loads of people at Christmas lunch, unlike last year. So it's kind of really trying to kind of show how different this year could be. And the ad was called A Christmas to Savour which of course can you can kind of draw on food, but also the fact kind of creating these memories with your family. And it was by Wyden and Kennedy London and the creators were Joseph Paul and Andy Parkman. And it was directed by Ninian Doff through Pulse Films. It's been a long time coming. So let's make it a Christmas to savour. So I thought this was quite nice. They really were able to cram a lot of the food in there. And it also had, you know, a bit of kind of Christmas chaos, Christmas fun. What did you think, Arvind? I mean, I quite liked it. I think it just, it was quite a simple idea, but very well executed. And it was so Christmassy. And it just sort of brought this whole scene, in, you know, Christmas scene that we've been missing for the past year and a bit. Uh, it sort of brought it to life. I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't know, like Sainsbury's in recent years, they've sort of done quite big blockbustery things, haven't they? With, with various different characters and stuff. This this felt, like, let's return back to Christmas and what it's all about. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't something that's going to bring a tear to somebody's eye. They weren't trying to go down that route. Definitely not. But I wonder if it is, it was nice, well executed, but I wonder if it's maybe a bit forgettable. Aiden, was it forgettable? Yeah, I think that the... The challenge of this one is it's a technique that I think people have seen quite a lot before, freezing in time. I remember Sky did an ad, it must have been about 15 years ago now, where the ad break was all frozen and then you sort of walked through and that was the first time everyone saw that and it was like, wow, that's amazing. And and to see that again, you know, it feels just a touch familiar perhaps, but saying that, I think it's absolutely saved by the the two guys on the piano at the end where you hear their crap singing (laughs) Um and there's little touches of humour in it that lift it. And, you know, you know, because the danger of that one is you could probably get caught on the, caught up in the technique and the craft too much and then forget, like, the humour and the entertainment value of it. 
and I think they they've managed to squeeze a little bit of that out, which is great. Um, and a, you know, again, a big blockbuster track, which sort of ties it all together. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it it might just be a little bit forgettable because of the technique being so familiar. I think that's my uh, honest opinion on it. Nikki, we all love a bit of crap singing at Christmas, don't we? I, I'm very good at it, especially when I've got a bad throat, <laughs> which you can hear now. That's not from singing or karaoke, I promise. Um, yeah, again, I think they have exactly the same issue as Waitrose. I know we're going to talk about Aldi in a minute, where you've got to literally cram loads of food in, which we're all doing at Christmas, let's face it. But yeah, I just think I didn't, I couldn't, I was desperately searching for an idea. And I think they substitute an idea of the technique, which unfortunately wasn't a breakthrough technique or any. It did feel familiar. If I think about any, you know, when you have someone takes a picture of you and you're not ready, those captured moments at time at Christmas and parties, they're horrific, they're funny, they can be outrageous. If we're going to freeze moments in time at Christmas family party, I think what could have been the moment of freezing could have been a bit more hilarious, if I'm honest. Um, But back to, you know, we missed out on, on all of us being together last year. And this absolutely, at the end, it felt a little, you know, and with the beautiful track at last. And then you've got what looks like the last supper almost at the end when it's frozen, which I don't know if anybody else got that reference. But I was just like, oh, I just thought, do you know what? It's It was quite, I found that just that very specific, quite poignant of, yeah, it's sitting around the table, eating together is so important this is you know and we're hopefully going to be able to do it this year so there was that little moment at the end and the kid under the table which i loved will it be the one this year that we're all talking about next year and comparing next year's ads to i'm not sure fair enough fair enough will we be talking about aldi's ad next year Faye? that's a question well i feel like every once in a while we always kind of see a new ad that has this kind of dickensian vibe and that's exactly what aldi went for so we had aldi's a Christmas Carrot. It was by McCann UK. It was created by Andy Fenton and Clive Davis, directed by Todd Mueller, Kylie Matchluck and Kyle Casty through PSYOP. And we had Ebanana Scrooge, who, of course, hated Christmas, but he was vid- visited by kind of Christmas Kevin the Carrot, who was the, um, like the ghost of Christmas and kind of, I guess, brought out the spirit of Christmas in Ebanana. But what was the cause of him being so rotten? Being left on the plate, alone and forgotten. Who are you? I'm the spirit of Christmas. And I'm going to show you how magical it can be. Christmas is a time for peace and goodwill. Look, there's Marcus Radishford. He's always helping children. Merry Christmas, Kevin. As old Ebenard. I mean, look, I'm going to go straight off the bat here. How on earth can you have a banana character that is Scrooge? Bananas are the happiest fruits on the planet. Seriously. Has anyone ever... They trip you up. You slip on them. They're trying to trip you up. They're not trying to trip you up. If you turn a banana on sideways, it's actually a smile. And whenever you eat one, it brings a lot of joy. (laughs) Exactly right. So (laughs) I had massive issues with this banana Scrooge character. Aside from that, I really like the introduction of of Marcus Radishford. I thought that was a nice touch uh, for someone who's done a a cracking job during a difficult period for a lot of kids. Um, What was your take on it, Nikki? So I'm not going to say anything bad about this. A, because I'll get fired because it's part of my company. But B, <laughs> look, it's full of joy. It's full of puns, which who doesn't like a pun unless you, you, someone presents it to me in a piece of creative work normally. But at Christmas, this is a kind of s- silliness that you have around the table. A banana Scrooge, it's genius. I, honestly, I just find the whole thing very funny, very sweet. You, you know, we in our, we can be, 
quite sneery in our industry and be quite cynical, which I know I probably have been up until this point. But I do think there's a joy. This is so populist. The country loves it. It's, you know, this this every year, it knocks every effectiveness award out of the park on on what it's done for that year, beating all the other major supermarkets. So all, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that because I work for, for the company that's made it. I think bring it on. It's fun. Kids will be laughing. People will be groaning. Adults, you know, grandmothers will be laughing and making up their own puns about the peas. We had the pea last year. I mean, bring it on. It's just for me. It's just fun. It's Christmas. And um, who knows what will happen next year. But Ebanana Scrooge, I think they're they're evil anyway. But they're <laughs> Aiden, I mean, sorry, Nico. We're going to have to agree to disagree in this one. There was definitely more than a panel of puns in this one, wasn't it, Aiden? But I think it's the one time of year you kind of get away with it. And it's Nick, what Nikki was saying, I think it's interesting that, you know, it's as much people groaning at it as you know kids and other people who like puns you know loving it and that's part of the fun I think it's you know for me it's sort of a cross-generational ad that everyone can enjoy um and I think with this what's really clever about this is they they're turning it into something that people look forward to every year and in in many ways you know I think they're they're giving sort of John Lewis a bit of a run for their money in the sense that you know there's going to be some funny ad with a carrot that is going to pop up soon and people, you know, looking forward to it. And I think, you know, when you look at McDonald's and this, you know, you can see McDonald's are trying to do something with that. But I think with that sort of repeatable format, but I think, you know, I think Audi have, have sort of really nailed it in terms of the tonality, the way it's brought to life, and I don't know. I think it. I think it works really, really well. Okay. I do wonder how, how many more years Kevin the Carrot has left. Have we run out of steam? Do you think, or can they keep reinventing Kevin in, in in different ways? I think the industry moves on far too quickly on stuff. I think the more campaigns that are kind of long term returnables and the better, really. I think it it says something to the relationship with the client and the agency. It says something to the confidence in the, the creative, you know, I think, you know, this sort of chopping and changing all the time, I, I think is, is detrimental to the effectiveness of advertising. So, you know, it's hard because I think, what is it? The average tenure of a client is like 18 months or something, you know, so you, as an agency, you're dealing with new people coming and wanting to change things up, putting their mark on it. So I think when you get these relationships in advertising that are working and are fun are producing entertaining work, I think they should be celebrated. Okay, fantastic. Well, our final Christmas ad for this episode is Coca-Cola. Now, for millions of kids who live in apartment blocks, there are literally no chimneys for Santa to climb down. Um, In this year's Coke ad, a young boy with the help of his mum and some friends recreate a massive cardboard chimney, a piping network that snakes all around the block of flats he lives in to deliver a present to a lonely lady who is his neighbour. It's a heartwarming tale that brings the community together. Um, And the ad is, you know, it's a global ad. It's, It's apparently running in 90 markets with a media spend of a whopping £150 million. Um, now, the ad was created by Dentsu MB, uh, in particular, Joe Stamp, Tom Prendergast, and it was directed by Sam Brown through Rogue Films. Hey, did this bring a tear or smile to your face? I really liked the music. So we had um, Chim Chim Cheree kind of slowly going in the background. And when the little boy was building the chimney, when he got all of his... Um, friends and family and people that were in the block when they were all building it together it had a very like Wes Anderson vibe I thought that was nice but 
I didn't really like the advert. I feel bad. <laughs> so many people really like this, but I just felt it was a bit pointless. I'm like, I thought he was building the chimney for himself, not for this this woman he doesn't know. And then to just deliver a box with a, a letter inside, maybe I'm being really cynical, like nitpicking. What was he physically doing? Because uh, he could have just left that outside a door. I thought he was actually building some sort of slide until, <laughs> until it got to the end. Uh, Nikki, what was your take on this one? Look, I'm sorry. I actually really loved it. <laughs> and I'm apologising because it's never, you know, sometimes it's not popular to love the big brand ads, particularly when we're used to the truck coming, right? holidays are coming and the brand is there squarely right in front of you and there's no ignoring this juggernaut coming through your village even though it's never come through Guildford to be fair um but this felt to me like it it you know it was definitely designed to put on the heartstrings I like the little twist it's it's all fantasy we we've just you know reviewed you know, we talked about a monster that turns up in someone's wardrobe that they still still think about when they're 25 years old. Or Far more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love, I, I don't know, I did definitely get the gooey feeling at the end. I think there's little surprises. You know, going back to your original bit, Arvind, about there are loads of kids who, who you know, are in apartment blocks who haven't got a chimney, which is what we see in every single Christmas ad. We'll see the perfect Christmas tree. There'll be, a, you know, swags around the, you know, all of that stuff. That's not people's reality. And I'm not saying this is reality at all. I didn't feel cynical about the brand. They left it to the end, which normally I'd be moaning about and saying, why oh, isn't it at the heart of it? But Coca-Cola's always been about sharing and coming together and happiness and I don't know, I really actually quite liked it. Aidan, what was your view? You don't look overly, overly keen in it. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just a bit pensive. Uh, um, well, the first time I watched it, I was like, nah, no. <laughs> and then I watched it again and I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I think I slightly missed the point the first time that it was a comment on COVID and not being able to be in close proximity to people. So you had to do this elaborate thing so you don't kill off the old lady um so I sort of understood it a bit better the second time around but I, I don't know I, I I just Mr Captain Logic came back again and I was just like I didn't I actually I wondered whether it would have been better as an animated film because I think that would have allowed you to go more bonkers with it and still deliver the same message because um, I've I sort of feel like it's caught in between reality and then fantasy, but it, it doesn't quite know where it sits. And because of that, I'm sort of like, I'm not really nodding along with it. I'm sort of questioning it. Whereas maybe, I don't know, maybe Coke would never do anything in animation because you don't get the kind of drinking cues or whatever. But um it, I think it might have benefited from being an extravagant animation thing where you sort of went bonkers with it and this box thing took on a, like a crazy kind of scale. But I, I don't know. I, it uh, didn't do much for me. Yeah, yeah I, I think part of the problem as well is that they're creating, they're using one bit of creative in 90 different markets, aren't they? So culturally, they're probably a little bit shackled in terms of what they can and can't do. If that was created for a British audience, it might have been a bit more bonkers. It might have been a bit more out there. Yeah, it's a good point. I think it, it's a real tricky thing when you're trying to create one piece of creative for the world. That team would have been probably chipped away at sort of lots of different angles due to sort of cultural sensitivities, et cetera. And- I think what's quite interesting is that, that, as I say, going back to the juggernaut of an ad that we're used to, that the the 
gentleness of the brand in this execution. It's, you know, you see it on the box. And yes, obviously, there are the red cues throughout. But it wasn't, it felt different for the brand, actually, that it wasn't starting with the brand. It was starting with a, you know, from a different place. And I, I don't know, I thought that was quite, quite refreshing. Well, talking about refreshing, finally, and I feel like we need a drum roll here. Um, which brand has won Christmas for 2021? Faye, what was your favourite ad this year? Of the ones we just spoke about, I think it would have to be between... Well, no, no, let's just broaden this out. Of all of the ones that, that we've seen. That's too, that's too difficult. I think <laughs> we, let's, we'll stick to the ones... The, of, out of the ones we saw, I definitely think Audi is kind of coming up top. I think that... It is something that, of course, they're building on year year on year. But I think that this really stood out as something that if you started to describe this ad in the pub to a group, people would know exactly that that's the Audi ad. And I think that's what a brand should be aiming for, for to really have that kind of recognition by um, the ma- the masses, really, mm-hmm. for what they've produced. Okay. Aidan, what was your favourite Christmas spot this year? Not just the ones we cover, but in general. Um. Yeah, and I was, I was sort of having a look through I, the one that really last night and the one that sort of I woke up this morning still thinking about and chuckling at was the little one. So the Christmas in the future, I thought very simple idea. Uh, the performances were really funny. The the dog gag was great. And I don't know, it sort of it had a, a very um, clear sort of proof point, product point built into it that was quite smart. Um, it felt very on brand. Uh, yeah, and it just sort of made me chuckle, really. Chuckling is good. Nikki, what was your fave? Well, as, as I keep saying, I think anybody who's given the brief to advertise a supermarket brand at Christmas to get all that product in, it's tough. It's really tough. And actually, little Waitrose, you know, Waitrose, Tesco's and Sainsbury's and Aldi have all done a really strong job with the brief I think they were given. I think, you know, and it's not just because it's part of my network. I think Aldi, I love populist work. I don't think we should ever be ashamed of it. We should celebrate it. And what better time to celebrate Christmas? With a very close second of Tesco, I think the fact that a Christmas ad has got complaints is brilliant. Um, (laughs) How brilliant is that? And they're not apologising for that. Um, They've really understood their audience, as have Aldi. Both of them have understood their audience and just gone for it and said, we are going to go for it this Christmas. You know, whatever life throws at us, nothing's going to stop us. And let's hope it doesn't when we get our Boris message on the 18th. Yeah, well, I mean, I have to say, I, I, for me, I think Tesco is, is winning Christmas. I thought the ad was brilliant. It was funny. It was humorous. It stirred con- controversy, but, you know, uh, it got a lot of attention. And I, I just liked it. I thought it was executed beautifully. But I'm going to have a special shout out, actually, for which is probably my personal favorite. Um, the Bounty ad um, by Taylor Herring for Mars, where a large Bounty chocolate bar um, which is the most hated chocolate in the celebrations box? Give, give them Nikki's to me. If you've got any left over? Give I like them, them to too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's where. Yeah, well, uh, here we go. There's a bit, a bit of bounty love here. Uh, yeah. But anyway, the bounty chocolate eventually finds love with a Brussels sprout. Now, this was done on a shoestring budget. It really was, and um, I just thought it was such a brilliant idea. It was quite funny. It was heartwarming. I feel like funny is really 
a good theme for this year after the you know the past 18 months that we've had so yeah I, I really enjoyed that one um, and also they got their did you know they got their creative director to sing the song and she's got a brilliant voice um, she sounds like a professional that's how that's how much the budget was right but anyway uh, Faye, Nikki and Aiden, thank you so much for joining the campaign podcast I hope you have a wonderful Christmas um, filled with plenty of goodies in your stocking bags um, also a big thank you to our producer Lindsay Riley from Rethink Audio and to all of you for listening please do check out our first christmas special episode which you can find on spotify apple and wherever you listen to your podcasts that's it for me on behalf of the campaign team goodbye goodbye